far between the realm between the hidden and forgotten. A slipstream caught between realities. A secret museum of the esoteric. The private library of shadows. All taking place in a world forced from mystery and caught between logic and myth. You are entering terror reality. Hello and welcome to the mysterious world of para-reality. This is a realm where the blurred lines between what's real and unreal merge together, forming an alternate reality where truth and fiction become indistinguishable. I'm Sandman, and I'm your host. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I can't believe it, but this episode is the first episode of Season 18 of Para-Reality. I've been doing this off and on for a long time now, and I think that not only have I lasted a lot longer than other podcasts similar to mine, but I've also provided you with some content that was thought-provoking, interesting, and was presented to you from a unique point of view. My goal isn't to convince you to have the same point of view as me. Rather, I want you to look at the evidence for yourself. Look at the evidence that's presented to you with an open mind so you can make up your own informed decision. Do your own research and come to your own conclusions. I'm really excited to begin Season 18 tonight, and if you're a regular listener of this podcast, well, you'll certainly know that I've been absent since last November, actually since the last part of October. Uh, I'll address that situation here in a minute, but for now, I want to tell you about what you can expect from season 18 of Parareality. I'm going to be bringing you some interviews with some of the top names in cryptozoology and conspiracy theories out there, along with continuing to bring you episodes on those aforementioned topics, and more that will hopefully stimulate your mind, make you question your reality, and inspire you to do your own research into the top topics. I've gotten a brand new logo for the podcast. I'm very proud of it. It's displayed right there on the website. This is actually the third logo that I've had for the podcast. I keep tweaking it, changing it, um, every so often, and I'm, I'm very happy with this new logo. I'm currently working on getting it uh, put together uh, to put on some merch, and uh, I'm actually going to feature uh, uh, several different logos for the show. I've, I, man, this is the third logo that I've used, but I've got so many that, that have been designed for me over the years. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out a way to incorporate all of those into some uh, merch in the store for you guys to uh, show your love and support for Pair Reality. And, you know, uh, as I always say, um, you know, buying merchandise in the store, it doesn't put money into my pocket. Everything that I make from this podcast it just goes right back into, I dump it right back into trying to bring you quality programming. Uh, I don't draw a salary from this. I, I, I wish that I was uh, a full-time podcaster and, and made money off this, but I 
that's not my goal. I'm not really trying to do that. I mean, if someone were to come along and offer me, um, you know, some sort of contract or something like that where I could make money, well, of course I would, I would jump at the chance, but that's not really what I'm trying to do is not why I set out to do this in the first place, but it does cost me money to do this. And, and everything that I make from the store goes right back into, um, production for the podcast. I don't put anything into my pocket and what little bit I do make is not enough to earn a living anyway. It's well below poverty level. If you just look at it like that, it's like pennies <laughs> really. So, um, <clears throat> keep checking the website, parareality.com and look in the merch stock shorts and merch shore, look in the merch store in the shop. And I keep an eye on it for, uh, some new merch with the new logo. I'll keep you guys updated as I, uh, get closer to, uh, debuting that stuff in the store. Um, I'm, uh, going without, uh, this season. If you know, uh, last season, uh, right in the middle of the season, my, uh, co-host Eric easy E as I call him, he, uh, he moved out of state, um, had an opportunity to, uh, move on to uh, someplace bigger and better and uh, start a new life. And uh, um, even though I'm sad to see him go, um, um, miss him here in the secret bunker, um, I'm, I'm very happy for him. But uh, so the, the podcast has changed a little bit, uh, and I'm just, it's back to just me behind the mic now. Um, may bring another uh, co-host in at some point. I don't know. Um, uh, it's just uh, – I don't know. I had such a good, uh, good time and a good rapport with Easy E. It was it'd be hard to to uh, get somebody else in the co-host chair. Um, I've had some people email me uh, and say, uh, "What about bringing uh, John Harrison back?" Uh, you know, he's uh, been on the podcast as a guest slash co-host probably more than anybody else besides Eric. Um, Eric was his official title was uh, co-host and and John Harrison was more of a a guest who just happened to come by and hang out with me doing podcasts every so often. But uh, unfortunately, he too has left the area and moved on to uh, bigger and better things. And he's actually out uh, in the New Mexico area, out in the ski country slash desert out there and uh he's uh doing his own little investigation into some stuff and who knows maybe uh maybe I'll get him back on the podcast every so often too but for now it's just going to be just me so i hope that i'm going to be able to get you some some really good interviews i've got some people who i've reached out to and some people who have reached out to me as well uh just to schedule some interviews. We're, we're just trying to get this, the scheduling right. So um, I've got some good people lined up with some ufologists and some uh, paranormal experts out there and, and uh, also some uh, some some Bigfoot experts. I'm hoping to get uh, Mike Famelet back on the podcast. So, um, yeah, be be, uh, be looking out for some, some more interviews this season with some uh, experts in the top area of what I say is alternative topics that I cover. So uh, be on the lookout for that. With with all that being said, 
let me address the elephant in the room, which is my absence. Um, I've been gone for a while. Um, I, I wanted to get this podcast uh, started uh, the first part of January. Uh, you know, when I do my seasons, I do my seasons for 11 months. I don't do just like three or four months, man. I go 11 months straight. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I I try to um, not really take too much breaks. I, I do the, the first and the third Friday of every month. In, in those months that have uh, like five Fridays in them, you know, I, I skip that week. Uh, but I go from January all the way to uh, the end of November, and then I always take the month of December off. So I try to bring you two episodes a month of Periality. Um, it, you know, the, the the way that I do my seasons and, and everything, it's just not, um, I don't think it's feasible for me to bring you an episode every week. Uh, and, you know, if, if I decide to change that and, and shorten my seasons instead of having it, you know, all go out to one calendar year, maybe I'd do a three or four months, take a couple of months off or whatever, then come back and do another three or four months. Then maybe I could bring you shows uh, every week. But I like the way that I'm doing it. I've been doing this. Uh, this is starting off for 18 seasons. so um, And it's worked out for me, and I think the, that you guys like it. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, but uh, anyway, if, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that uh, um, the last podcast episode that I did was uh, the last part of October of 23, and um, this is my first time back since then, and uh, if you follow me on my social media or if you've gone to the website and and checked out what's happening on the website, you'll know that uh, in November... Um, I was involved in an accident, and uh, I uh, the the left my left patella got shattered basically, um, and um, I had to be hospitalized for three days. Had to have reconstructive surgery on my patella, and I was uh, in a cast for five weeks from the tips of my toes on my left foot all the way up to the groin on my left leg and uh, was basically confined to a bed or a couch. And I couldn't uh, make it to the secret bunker. Uh, And even if I could have made it to the secret bunker, there's no way I could have negotiated the steps um, going to the secret bunker. Um, So it's, uh, it, it, it was uh, a necessity, unfortunately, that I take time off from the podcast. Um, I'm still in a recovery phase. The My orthopedic surgeon said it's going to be a year-long uh, recovery. Uh, right now I'm in a uh, leg brace, and I can only bend my leg uh, uh, about uh, somewhere between 60 and 70 degrees. Um, we're trying to get up to that 80-degree mark right now. I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, but my, my recovery is, is going uh, a little bit better than expected. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of schedule, uh, and I'm, uh, walking with crutches now. Um, and, uh, I've been doing that for about, uh, six weeks and within the last, uh, I would say 
three to four weeks, I've just now gotten where um, I can negotiate steps um, with my crutches. Uh, my if my doctor's listening, which I know he's not, but you know if you're a medical professional out there, you know they don't recommend going up and down stairs with crutches. It's a it's a no no. Um, but I can do it. Uh, I've I, I couldn't drive up until just you know, uh, about three or four weeks ago because I couldn't bend my leg enough to get into my truck to drive. So um, it's it's been a very, very long process. Um, I've still got a long ways to go. I start physical therapy on, I believe, it was the 23rd of this month. So in a couple of weeks, I start that. I'm looking forward to it, although it's going to be uh, very, very painful, but I, I am looking forward to it. Man, my left leg is all just atrophied <laughs> from non-use. It looks really funny. I hope I'm going to get that uh, get that back, get that muscle back uh, here before much longer. Hopefully by the summer I'm going to hope I get some some muscle mass back into my legs so I don't look stupid wearing shorts or anything. Um, yeah, man, it was. I, I do not recommend um, injuring your patella. It's a bad thing. Um, my surgeon, this is the third injury that I've had to this knee. Uh, and I... I can't have another one. <laughs> this one's this one's done. Um, my surgeon said that uh, now your your patella and your knee are two totally different things. The patella sits on top of your kneecap, and um, this injury that I sustained, my surgeon described it as like taking a uh, chocolate chip cookie, a hard chocolate chip cookie, like a Chips Ahoy, snapping it in half, and then. One of those halves, you snap that in half, so you've got three pieces, which is what I did to my patella. I shattered it into three pieces. And then you take one of those two pieces from the half, and you take a little section of that, and you pulverize it with a hammer. And that's what I did to my patella. So I've lost 10% of my left patella gone never to come back again now I've got some hardware holding my patella together and um, don't know what the future holds for me Um, I'm never going to be the same physically again unfortunately Uh, we don't know what my limitations are going to be as far as my my bending my knee and being able to do certain things are concerned we won't know until you know we get closer to that year mark so um, it's unfortunate but uh I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I'm alive, you know, and uh, glad that I can be here uh, doing this podcast with you guys again. And and I want to thank you, send a thank you out to everyone who sent me well wishes and positive vibes and checked in on me and all that. All you listeners out there are great. I really appreciate it, and thanks for being patient with me. So um, let's begin season eighteen, shall we? In the early 2000s, the shadow of a man dressed in leather, wearing a gas gas mask and soldier camo, haunted the force of Malay in Switzerland's canton of Freiburg. He would walk around the same path and always linger just long enough for some passerby to catch a brief glimpse of him. They called him Le Loyon, the ghost of Malay. He was only seen and brief glimpses, and those who encountered him said that while he never showed any aggression towards him, 
they nevertheless were left with feelings of uneasiness. This Leloyan was an urban legend that was spoken about only in hushed whispers, and the citizens of Malay were frightened of him, really frightened of him, even though they couldn't actually prove that he even existed at all. Well, that all came to an end in 2013 when the only picture of Le Leon was captured by an unknown person, an unknown photographer. And soon after that, Le Leon disappeared completely, just vanished off the face of the earth. Some say that he committed suicide. Others say that he transitioned into something else, not of this earthly plane. So just who or what was Le Leon? Were the circumstances behind his appearances supernatural in nature? Or was it just a man? And what happened to Le Loyon? Where did he go? Well, to try to find the answers to those questions and more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get to that, it is time for the fan mail. And this piece of mail comes from Brian. And Brian writes, Sandman, can you adjust your podcast output volume to match the volume of the ads? I have to turn the volume up to hear you, and when it goes to the ads, it's so loud. The volume difference is extreme. It makes the listening way better when it's all the same volume. Thanks, Brian. Well, Brian, I appreciate um, you letting me know that. Um, I'll tell you, it's hard to match the volume of the ads that are in my podcast. I don't control those. Those are inserted automatically by Spreaker and they control the volumes of the ads. Uh, the only thing that I control the volume of is what I'm doing right now from my board here. And to be honest, it's, it's very hard to try to match the volume of those ads. I've played with the volume, the output volume here on my board for God, I don't know, uh, off and on for months and months. And unfortunately, what I can hear in my headphones always sounds way more loud in the headphones than it does when you actually start uh, mixing the audio in post-production. And I've tried adjusting stuff in post-production as well, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so what I'm doing at this point, Brian, is I'm pretty much maxing out the volume of my mic um, on my board. So hopefully the output volume of this is going to be a little bit easier for you to hear as far as uh, the volume, the, my volume goes. And it'll be a little bit more level uh, in terms of the ads that Spreaker inserts. And and. I have gone back and listened to um, a, my podcast and listened to those ads. And he, Brian is is correct. The volume of those ads are really, really loud. And I wish Spreaker would um, address that and turn them down just a notch or two. 
It's very, very loud. I wish that there was something that I could do about it, Brian, but unfortunately there isn't anything that I can do about the volume of the ads, but I am trying to do the best that I can with my output volume. So hopefully that will take care of the problem. We'll see. So thanks a lot, Brian, for your email. I really appreciate it. If you guys have an email, you got a question, a comment that you want to leave, you want to uh, suggest a topic for the show or a guest, or if you just want to say, hey, I love your podcast, or hey, your podcast sucks, or you suck, or you're the best, or whatever, if you got something, some kind of comment or question or suggestion about the podcast that you want me to know, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Once again, thanks, Brian, for your email. Now, let's get on with Le Loyon, this mysterious man from Molay. I just, I, I like that. It's the only, probably the only French that I can say, Molay, other than we. Oui. <laughs> Hell, I may even be pronouncing Molay wrong. I don't know. <laughs> In the early 2000s, Reports began to emerge from Switzerland of a strange man with a gas mask over his face, an ominous-looking military-style boiler suit around him, and a menacing hooded cape-style jacket. He appeared and disappeared, apparently at random, in the nearby woods of the charming countryside. What's really interesting about this mysterious figure called Le Loyon by those who saw him and encountered him is that despite almost a decade of sightings and reports, there was no real evidence of his existence. However, that came to an end during the summer of 2013. That summer, someone, an unknown photographer, managed to snap an image of a strangely dressed person walking back in to the forest of Western Switzerland. Now, translated from French, Le Loyon simply means the Loyon. So, in other words, Loyon really doesn't have any meaning at all, at least not that I can find. So, just exactly how and why he got this name, I have no idea. Maybe Loyon was uh, a nickname that somebody had for some somebody else or Maybe they just thought it sounded spooky or something, but I, I can't find any true meaning for the word loyon. Now, up to that point, stories and sightings of Le Loyon, also known as the ghost or hermit of Molay, had a distinctly supernatural aura. Until then, the tales had a mysterious and ghostly quality to them. This mysterious, shadowy figure of Le Loyon was described as a giant. Most reports indicate that he was over six feet tall, while others experienced an unexplained sense of threat, although he never really did anything to them. Maybe it was just fear. So those sightings were in contrast to the sightings of those who saw the masked stranger picking flowers and actively avoiding people. 
And with all the sightings, stories, and attempts to understand this strange hooded figure, it was clear that no one who encountered this mysterious stranger ever suffered any harm whatsoever. In fact, many claims and theories exist about the identity and purpose of Le Loyon. Now, I'm going to explore some of these shortly, but first, why don't we take a look at some of the very first reports about Le Loyon that came out. So these reports started in the early 2000s, probably as early as 2003. Not really quite sure on that exact date, but it was sometime in the early 2000s. All of them had a very similar nature, a very similar story. The figure, the person, whoever it was, was dressed in a peculiar military uniform with a a heavy coat and an old gas mask from the early 20th century, which added to his menacing appearance. The figure is also wearing sturdy boots and a long cloak with a hood. Although the person's large size and build would typically indicate that it was a man, as most reports describe Le Loyon as being a masked man, the reality of the matter is that the gender of Le Loyon is, is, to this day, unknown. Could have been a woman, but probably not, just the, looking at the general build. But it's hard to say because of all the garb that Le Loyon was wearing. And at first, the sightings were just treated as just simple urban legends, and some residents believed that the figure was probably some type of spirit or a ghost or something like that. And as time went on, the majority of people came to believe that this mysterious figure wearing this mask was indeed actually a person, probably a man, who had chosen to live in seclusion somewhere in the thick forest of Switzerland. Maybe he was somebody who decided to reject modern society and only went out when necessary. Maybe he had a, was living like a little off-the-grid lifestyle, like a hermit or something out in the woods, and just only came out whenever he you know, had to. Other theories suggest that Le Loyon could be a mentally ill woman, a gigantic man, or someone who was afflicted with some sort of severe skin condition. Maybe they were allergic to the sun and had to wear all of this garb. Who knows? Le Loyon is believed by some to have intentionally embraced this solitary lifestyle that he lived. I don't see why someone would be forced into that lifestyle. Of course you would intentionally embrace that. But it was possibly due to some fascination with maybe, uh, like I said, uh, uh, doomsday prepping. So maybe he was a survivalist. You know, uh, Maybe he thought there was an impending... Um, Apocalypse, you know, he was a, a, a doomsday prepper, possibly. So this strange figure was frequently seen either coming out of the woods or disappearing back into the woods. And it may seem a little cliche, but it's highly improbable that Le Loyon was simply just going to the store for supplies, you know. However, if he was in fact doing that, then he'd need to discreetly take off his garb before doing so because no one ever reported anyone 
matching Le Loyon's description in their place of business. No shop owner or store owner or anything like that, anybody in town ever described seeing someone that looked like Le Loyon in their place of business. But regardless, what could be the cause of this kind of behavior? And it's been suggested by some that Le Loyon, because he was wearing the mask, might have some sort of, he might have been disfigured in some way. Maybe this grim appearance, not only um, this mask, not only concealed his grim appearance and his features, but also discourages other people from getting too close, especially in any public setting. You know, um, just use it as a way to keep people at a distance, to scare them as, as a fear factor type thing. The regular and persistent appearances of Le Loyon continue to baffle and confound the public. His reasons for this strange appearance and his walks in the woods, no one could, could tell. It was a mystery, but nevertheless... The strange and elusive figure sightings and reports persisted into the 2010s, and despite the absence of any actual documented violent acts or threats, the majority of those people who encountered Le Loyon would remember and recall feeling very scared. One local resident and a mother who encountered Le Loyon said the following, It scared my children. He came out of the woods with his military clothes. We saw neither his face nor his eyes behind his big, dark gas mask. It was scary. And another resident named Marianne, I'm going to totally slaughter her last name, I'm sorry. Another resident named Marianne DeClos would very bluntly say, It was a rainy Sunday. He had on a cap, a dark cloak, and a gas mask. What goes on in his head, I don't know. It was unpleasant. I hope I never run into him again. In fact, Miss Declos would go on further and state that she would never go back into the woods again. It scared her so bad. And in 2013... Despite the absence of threatening behavior or any evidence of illegal activity, the local police intensified their search for Le Loyon after a resident captured a picture of him, which is on my website, um, right there on the right up above the show notes. Uh, the The press got hold of this as well. And the report stated that they wanted to ask Le Loyon, whoever he may be, to be less intimidating. Like I said, this picture is on my website right above the show notes. It is the only picture that has ever been captured of Le Loyon. All you can see is his backside. It was, uh, of course, before. It was 10 years ago. uh, So it was before we had the good cell phone cameras that we've got now. And it's a very uh, grainy picture but it's all that we've got. It's uh, interesting, to say the least. If if that is indeed Le Loyon, which this uh, unknown person 
who uh, took this figure said that it was. So we have to take him for face value. We don't. We can't. I don't even know who it was. No, I don't think anyone does. So we can't uh, question this person. So we just have to accept it for what it is. The person says it's Leloyon, so we'll go with it. All right. Um, one local farmer, maybe because he was missing out on the the seasonal trade in the area, complained that families simply wouldn't go into the forest anymore. The once tranquil and charming town was now becoming known for this mysterious and ominous figure of Leloyon, which was quickly gaining the reputation as the Swiss equivalent of the Loch Ness Monster. This transformation was being observed by all the residents around, and for the local population, it was not only unsettling, but it was irritating, and it was a big-time nuisance for these people. And back in 2013, like I said, a photo surfaced on a Swiss Swiss media platform that's said to be the proof of Le Loyon. This unidentified photographer captured this image of the mysterious figure walking away from the camera, so all we get to see is the backside. So this unknown person was supposedly a local resident who took the picture with his cell phone. And what I have been able to find out is that he claimed that he and Leloyon were standing pretty much face-to-face with each other. And the photographer person had his family with him as well. They were all freaked out, standing there, looking at Leloyon. Leloyon was standing there, looking back at them. Nobody said anything. No words were exchanged. And after just a little bit, Leloyon turned and began to walk away. So the guy got out his cell phone, grabbed it, and managed to capture the first and only picture of the mysterious Leloyon, the figure in the cloak. So this is what the unnamed photographer said about his encounter, and I quote, I came across him near the marshes. I approached him up to a dozen meters away. He had a military cape, boots, and an army gas mask. An antique type, I think. He measured more than 1.9 meters. That's over six feet. And he stared at me and then turned his back on me and left in silence. Now, the area in question became, as you can guess, under the intense scrutiny of not only the rest of the general public, but the media as well. So uncovering the true identity of Leloyon became something of an obsession with the media as well as the locals. Now we have a picture. Now he's more than urban legend. Now he's a real tangible thing. The Internet spread claims far and wide, attracting numerous adventurers and researchers fascinated by the strange and bizarre to Western Switzerland. Everybody began searching for their own meeting with Leloyon. They wanted to sight him. It was like looking for Sasquatch. You had all these people out there combing the woods, looking 
to have an encounter with Le Loyon. Maybe they thought they were going to be the ones to unravel the mystery of who was actually behind the mask and gain their 15 minutes of fame. Maybe they just wanted a thrill. I'm sure it was a little bit of both. I'm sure there were some people who had absolutely no idea what the hell they were doing and just was out there just to have a good time. But for weeks on end, the mood in that part of western Switzerland had been building to a feverish pitch. Who could this enigmatic Le Loyon be? What was even more distressing was what action the public might take if they did come face-to-face with Le Loyon. As fear continued to escalate within the community, the possibility of a quote-unquote preemptive attack seemed increasingly likely. But then several months later, an even stranger turn of events unfolded. So several months after the picture of Le Loyon was featured in Swiss newspapers and online media across Europe and, and beyond, a website called Le Matin, translated as The Morning, published what they alleged to be a suicide note written by Le Loyon in late 2013. Their report stated that the note was found in a clearing where a majority of the sightings of Le Loyon had taken place. Accompanied, accompanying the note was the long, hooded, cloak-style trench coat that Le Loyon always wore. Now, you can find the complete text of this note online, but it's only in French. So, I can't find it in a translation, so I've had to try to translate it myself and you guys know that I slaughter words all the time. So I did my best and let me uh, just basically hit some highlights of the note for you. Now the document, the note was called Death Certificate and Testament of the Ghost of Malay. And that was Leloyon's word. That's what he called it. And it basically stated that Leloyon was aware of the photograph that was going around and knew that it was attracting too much attention to him and to the the force that, that he obviously so loved and lived in. Leloyon accused Le Matin of killing an innocent being. The publication of the photo and the potential hunt for Leloyon brought too much attention to the situation, and Leloyon was compelled to stop his walks in the woods, which he had regarded as a, quote, genuine source of happiness therapy. And like I said, I can't find a copy of this note, this testament in English. However, I have posted a link to the French version in the show description on the homepage there in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on that link and you'll be taken to uh, a website that has the French version of the note. Feel free to uh, translate it yourself. But I kind of hit the highlights for you. So the dreaded ghost of Molay turned out to be just a solitary man who enjoyed taking walks in the woods, I guess. Now, he would never 
go on those walks again because people wrongly assumed the worst about him. The note explains that the reason uh, behind his unusual attire, because according to uh, him, Le Matin lacked an understanding of the works of Leopold of von Sacher uh, Massage. Le Loyon appeared to take pleasure in engaging in masochistic activities, and the attire that he wore could have been reminiscent of like a gimp suit, often favored by people who are into sadomasochism. So he was uh, a friend, or not a friend, a fan of Leopold von Sacher Massage, which, which, by the way, that's where masochism the word masochism comes from is uh, Leopold von Sacher Massach. I totally just destroy that. So maybe that was his way of uh, getting his kink on. And if authentic, this note would confirm that Le Leon was indeed a man. And he said that the constant scrutiny, especially after the picture was published in the fall of 2013, had convinced him that the end was preferable to the quote-unquote risk of being hunted like a beast by the public. Uh, some more from the note, uh, it says uh, it said that the media coverage has only had two effects. It has deprived a person of their harmless outlet and unsettled some. The note would also mention the Austrian author of a significant and a significant figure in the early sadomasochism movement, Sacher Massoch, as I've already said, from whom the term masochism is derived. Now, could this seemingly insignificant statement actually be the key clue here? Maybe it doesn't directly name the person, but it does reveal their motive for what they've done, maybe, you know? Uh, like I said, maybe he that was his way of getting his kinks out. Um, maybe he enjoyed dressing up like that and going out into the hot woods and sweating balls off. I don't know. We never will be able to find out. The combination of these words written by Le Loyon and his chosen attire with its hints of the masochistic world seem to serve as both an explanation and a fierce criticism of the rest of society. With that note, that testament, Le Loyon just vanished. He disappeared off the face of the earth. And there hasn't been any additional sightings of the figure in the Molay forest since the note was found. The general consensus is that Le Loyon was a peculiar person who, out of fear of being associated with the very urban legend that he himself helped to create, stopped his regular strolls through the forest in his outfit, his costume. Nevertheless, there are still unanswered questions that remain about Le Loyon. The wording of the note, for example, it is suggested that Le Loyon had committed suicide, maybe somewhere in the woods. But to this day, there hasn't been a body that's been located. So no body's been found. 
And this has led some people to speculate that Le Loyon may have been shedding his physical body and moving on from this earthly plane of existence. Now, I don't happen to think that Le Loyon was any type of supernatural being, uh, and I don't think that he somehow shed his body and moved on from this plane, unless you're counting suicide as a way of doing that. Once again, I don't think that he um, necessarily committed suicide. The note makes it sound like he did, and he, you know, you found his little cloak out there, but that was it. You didn't find the gas mask or his boots or any other attire. So I guess the cloak maybe was his prized possession. Maybe it's his way of leaving his prized possession to the world. Or maybe it was his least prized possession and he wanted to hang on to everything else. But it's clear that the note and the cloak belong to Le Loyon. And we know that he disappeared and has never been seen or heard from again. At least not that we know of. Maybe just maybe he's still out there and he's just changed his attire. Maybe he shed his cloak and his gas mask and his boots and maybe now he's just wandering around the woods wearing regular clothing. Or maybe he did kill himself. Hit his body somewhere in the woods. And and, and let's face it, if you know that if you Go deep enough into the woods, and you off yourself. There's all kind of critters out there, and they'll eat your carcass, and they'll scatter your bones. They may even bury some of them, and they may even haul some of your bones and your, your, your meat back to their dens and feed their families. You never know. Now, I don't know what kind of creatures inhabit uh, the Mole Forest. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there are wolves, bears, mountain lions, big cats, whatever. I, I don't know. Foxes, what, whatever. But I do know that they're out there. There's some sort of wildlife out there. And maybe he just went deep enough in the woods, offed himself some way, fell right there, DRT, dead right there. The forest creatures got hold of his body, did what they should do. Mother Nature has done the rest. And now, instead of being an urban legend that transferred into something real and tangible, now maybe he's gone from urban legend to a real, tangible thing. Now, maybe he's moved into the paranormal. Now, maybe his ghost haunts the forests in Molay. But I haven't heard or read of anything of a haunting from the forest in Molay. But that doesn't mean that his spirit is not out there forever roaming in the woods, taking his walk in nature. So what's your opinion on Le Loyon? Do you think he was a ghost or... Is a ghost now? 
Was he some sort of humanoid cryptid, an alien, or a being from another dimension? Or do you believe in Occam's razor and think that it was just a person who liked to dress weird and take a walk through the woods? Well, the truth may forever remain a mystery, and that's going to do it for the Season 18 opener of Parareality. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode, this Season 18 episode. Man, I tell you, that was uh, that Lay on, man. It, the more I think about it, the more it just creeps me out. Just creeps me out. Para Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Well, like I said, that about does it for this evening. Thanks for listening. But before I close it out, I got something for you right here. If you'd like to leave a comment about tonight's episode of Parareality, have an idea for a topic you'd like me to cover, or a story you'd like to tell, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com, or call the secret bunker at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Don't forget that by leaving me your message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow Parareality on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook by looking for Sandman.Parareality. Or you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the username at Radio. You can also find Parareality on YouTube under the username Parareality1. That's Parareality with the number one out behind it. Parareality.com is the home of the podcast on the web. And it's also where you can find paranormal news from all around the world in the Paranews section. And you can listen to past episodes in the archive section, all for the price of absolutely nothing. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can buy yourself some swag in the official Parareality shop while you're there. You can also support the podcast for free by leaving me a three-star or better review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Your reviews help the podcast to grow and reach even more people, and I would appreciate it very much. I'd love to hear from you guys, so send me those emails. Thank you. So a funny story about the uh, the logo. You know, I said I got a new logo for the show. And uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, if, if even that long, I... Um, I had an idea for a new logo because I'd had the ghost and the microphone logo for such a long time. And I had an idea for a new logo and, uh, I wanted to get a pentagram in a circle to kind of represent the, um, the occult and then have, you know, my triangle with an all seeing eye and all that. And I designed this logo. I can't draw. I mean, I can't even draw a stick figure where you can figure out what, you know, look at it and see, tell what it is. Uh, I, I did this, got out the protractor and stuff, you know, and 
took a long time to design this logo, drew it on a piece of paper, and I took it to a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, can you get on your computer and use your fancy computer program and design this logo for me? And he's like, absolutely. So we worked together on this thing. We tweaked it and did, you know, some color changes and stuff like that and played around with the logo, tweaked it, had it just, got it just exactly like I wanted it. And I'm like, man, I'm so happy with this logo. I love it. So I used it up until, you know, now. And it wasn't until like probably midway through last season. And I'm reminding you that I had this logo for probably four or five years by this point. And it wasn't until midway through last season that I looked at it and was like, holy shit, that is not a pentagram. That is a Jewish Star of David <laughs> that I designed. And it had nothing to do <laughs> with what I wanted it to look like. And I never realized that. And I'm like, all this time, I've had this Jewish Star of David as part of my logo. And I can't believe I'm such a huge dumbass that I never put two and two together because the original design was a pentagram. And as we were trying to tweak everything together, we somehow came up with a triangle and then an upside down triangle going through that to make a star, but it wasn't a pentagram. It was a star of David. And I cannot believe, and I'm telling on myself but, you know, hey, if you can't make fun of yourself, you shouldn't be making fun of anyone at all, right? Take it with a grain of salt. Take it for what it is. But, yeah, I can't believe that I had this Star of David the whole time and never really realized it. And no one, apparently, nobody else caught it either. No, I never got an email or anything. It was like, why you got a freaking Jewish Star of David? You know, what's up with that? No one ever asked. it. Everybody just took it for what it was. But uh, I liked that logo. I thought it was great. So I tried to redesign it with the pentagram in there. And after having this Jewish star of David on my logo for so long, I was looking at the pentagram and I couldn't make it work anymore. I didn't like it. I hated it. So I just wound up just eliminating that altogether. And that's, you know, that's, that's why I got another logo for the podcast was because I found, I realized that I didn't have a pentagram in there, that I had a star of David. What a, what a dumbass. But like I said, man, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you don't need to be laughing at anyone at all. You gotta, you can't take yourself seriously all the time. And, I know some of the topics that I talk about on this podcast are deep and they're creepy and uh, you, they're not always things that you should make fun of. Um, sometimes making fun of the things that I talk about on this podcast can come back and have a negative impact on you. It piss off the wrong entity or put the wrong vibe out in the universe, man. And, you know, bad juju can happen to you. So I try not to make fun of my topics, but I'll damn sure make fun of myself. And that's me, you know, show code, making a secret confession that uh, I am a dumbass. Of course, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you probably already knew that. <laughs> well, like I said, that does it for this episode of Parareality. Thank you for listening. 
I hope that you enjoyed tonight's premiere, season premiere of season 18. My next episode is going to drop on Friday, February 16th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. hope that you had a wonderful weekend. hope you have a wonderful two weeks, and I'll see you again at 8 p.m. on Friday, February 16th. Peace, everybody. Good night. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you 